The following Dharma talk was given at Common Ground Meditation Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. The speaker is Mark Nunberg, guiding teacher at Common Ground. Welcome back, everybody, for week two. Glad that you were able to make it tonight. I want to start um, just taking a couple minutes for some thoughts and reflections about posture. And uh, for those of you who've been practicing for a while, you know, unfortunately, this can become a real obsession for meditators. Thinking that the practice of cultivating and sustaining a balanced, clear, mindful presence is all about how I look. You know, do I look serene? Do I look like a Buddha? And uh, one of the things that we find that in so many different ways, the way the Buddha taught, it's really pragmatic. So, you know, we're all here at different ages. We've had different injuries, different strengths and weaknesses in our body. So the appropriate posture is going to look different for each of us. But the idea is to have the body support the intention of the practice. And the intention of the practice is to be right in the middle of one's experience with the sustained, balanced, relaxed attention, right? So what posture supports that continuity of balanced, clear, kind attention? So the two elements that you'll hear me talk about a lot, both in terms of how we're working with our mind and how we're working with the body, is we want things to be relaxed and alert. So in terms of the body, well, relaxed makes sense. You know, we don't want to be holding, using unnecessary tension, right? So we can scan through the body. And after a while, you're going to get pretty good at knowing where in your body you tend to hold tension that's not really functional. It's just there because that's how the body-mind defends itself or armors itself. So some people, it means clenching your jaw. Other people, you're lifting your shoulders, you know, squeezing the neck a little bit. Unnecessary tension in the palms, at the floor of the pelvis, in your gut, in your belly. So you're just moving the awareness and in a kind way, just inviting whatever unnecessary muscular tension that is present. It's okay to relax. So that's half of the posture, is just reminding the body, having faith that it's okay to be soft, released. We don't have to hold the uh, belly in, for example. Don't need to clench the jaw. Don't need to press the tongue against the roof of the mouth. It could just be relaxed, soft, at ease. But it's also nice to be alert. Otherwise, we'd all have lazy boys. We wouldn't get as many of you in the room, but... You know, if, if it was all about relaxation, we probably wouldn't have people sitting on the floor. So it's some balance between being relaxed in the body and then cultivating an alert posture in the body. Generally, that means that the spine has an alignment. Now, remember, the spine isn't straight. The spine has its natural curves, and then the head balances on top of the spine in a way that we're not needing a lot of muscular effort to keep the head. So if the head's leaning forward, then we're using muscular tension to keep it from doing this. But when the head's nicely balanced on the spine, right, tucking the chin in a little bit, ears over the shoulders, nose in line with the navel, 
then it doesn't take any muscular effort or very little to hold the head in place. Now, for those of you who like to sit cross-legged, and that's not going to be for everyone, as I'm sure you've discovered, this is not easy, but it's called the easy pose. And it's one ankle in front of the other, both shins against the floor, either foot in front. So you can experiment with that. And then from there, well, another relatively easy pose is to have the feet underneath the knees. And, you know, if your knees are sticking up, you can take a blanket or a pillow and support them. So you're not just, like, if you're like this, then you're basically, dang, you're, all your weight is just on those two sit bones and maybe a little bit on your feet. And that's not a very stable thing. So fold a blanket or have a fold over a cushion or whatever and prop up your knees so you feel like you have a wider basis support. And then you can, you know, for those of you who have more flexibility in your hips, and remember it's about flexibility in the hips, not in your knees. Knees aren't meant to uh, bend in this way. So the knee, the kind of angle of the knee, it's not a twist in the knee. It's just a normal bend of the knee. And the twist or the turning comes from inside the hip socket. So you can do what's called a quarter lotus, where you're putting the top of the foot on your calf. Again, either side is fine. Hands can rest in your lap or they can be just resting on your knees. And then the half lotus is when you put the top of the foot on top of your thigh instead of your calf. And you see for those who have the flexibility, you're kind of locked in in a way. And you've got this nice triangle of support here, that solid base, then the spine sort of sits right in that base and then the head on top of the spine. And it doesn't, once you have the flexibility and the comfort, you don't, you don't need a lot of muscular effort to keep the spine in an upright position. And that supports the intention to be alert. That's <coughs> not sleepy, not dull. Okay. Now, some of you maybe can do the full lotus. I'm not going to do it tonight. <laughs> Where you put the, this foot on top of this thigh. So you'd lift this up and you'd place it here. And then you're really locked in. Um, few people who have sort of an unnatural flexibility or have been doing yoga for a long time <laughs> can do it. But it's not about the knees, it's about the hips being flexible. Then the other thing you're going to play with, depending on who you are, is the height of your cushion. And some of our cushions don't give you much height, and some of them are thicker, or you can double them up, or you can use these kind of support cushions. And then you're sitting, I don't know if you can see, but I'm sitting in the front third of my cushion. Because if I'm sitting all the way in the back part of the cushion, then the tendency is to round my spine like that. But if you're sitting in the front third, front half of the cushion, then you're angling your pelvis down according to my direction, not your direction, right? So it makes it easier for the knees to get closer to the ground. And then generally what you might do at first is push the lower spine forward and then back off. You don't want to stay like this, but it sort of gets you in a position and then it's like you're dropping your tailbone, your sits bones into your cushion. Tucking the chin just a little bit, lining things up, okay? Cross-leg position. Now, like I mentioned, a lot of you are not going to be comfortable. It won't be appropriate. And ultimately, what matters is how you're training your mind, not your body. The body is just a support. Now, some of you are either using a bench or you can do it with a cushion, you can do a kneeling position. 
So I think Jeanette has a bench. You can look back and see her, but you just sit on the bench like this. Or you can just take a cushion. Sometimes these seated, they're made with buckwheat hulls. Cushions work a little bit better. And you just put it in an upright position and then sit on that. And if that's not enough height, you can take another cushion and put it on top. And so then you can get quite high. And you see, it doesn't take a lot of flexibility in your hips to sit on the ground when you're doing a kneeling pose. But, you know, some people have sensitive knees or have had an injury in the knee. It's not really torquing the knee, but some, for some people, just the pressure in the knee is not that comfortable. And you may not, some people don't have enough flexibility in their ankles to have the foot flat, so you just have to check it out. And you can have your feet, or rather your knees, relatively close or wider, you're going to have a more stable base, hands in a symmetrical fashion. That can be a really comfortable position. And some people like to be closer to the ground, not in a chair. Now, those of you who are sitting in a chair, it's nice to have your legs at a 90-degree angle. So not out like this and not crossed, but just somewhat at a 90-degree angle, hands, again, just in a symmetrical fashion on your knees, or you can have them in your hips. And then uh, initially, depending on the strength of your back and other factors, you might need to have your whole back against the back of the chair. But over time, or maybe initially even if you have some strength, you might just support your lower back with a pillow and have the upper back not in contact with the chair. And especially if you find that sleepiness is an issue for you in your sitting, then the less support your spine has, the more alert you're going to be. The more support your spine has, lazy boy style, right? You might have the relaxation part down, but the alertness part is going to be harder. Now, in a perfect world, we'd have these chairs that they make for cello players. I don't know if you've ever seen them. Maybe there are a few musicians, but the back legs are a little longer than the front legs. So it tilts your pelvis in a nice way. When I'm on retreat sometimes, I'll rotate between sitting cross-legged, sitting in a kneeling position, and sitting in a chair. And I'll, like if I'm going to be have one chair for a length of time, I might even put a two-by-four underneath the back legs so it's got a nice angle. And then it just supports the lack of dependence on the back of the chair because of the angle of the seat of the chair. And you can, like at home... Kitchen chairs often are the best. A lot of the living room chairs have a, a you know, because they're soft or just the way, they're, the way they're shaped, the seat sinks a little lower, and you actually want the seat a little higher to support that. Feet are flat, so if you're a short person, you might need to elevate the floor by putting a blanket or a pillow down. And if you're a tall person, you might need to elevate your seat by putting a blanket or a pillow on the seat so you're sitting up a little higher so you get that 90-degree angle in the chair, or in the knees, rather. Okay, any questions about posture? Most important thing is don't obsess about it. You know, when you sit down for the beginning of your sit, you take a few seconds, you do the best you can do, and then you just live with that posture for that evening sit or that morning sit. And if you want to experiment, then that's a separate time. You know, maybe where you do some stretches or you... Check out different postures. And, you know, it can, you can play with it like when you're doing other things, reading things, and try out like, well, I wonder how this posture will work. Well, maybe I'll read my book with it 
and that way you can move. So don't do the experimentation during your precious 30-minute sitting time every day. Experiment at another time, and then when you're sitting, just do what you think is best for that session so you're not going to move. And you set your amount of time based on what you think you can sit comfortably for without having to move. Now, you might feel like, oh, my God, I have to move. But then the resolve you made at the beginning, no, I think, I think I'm safe. I think I'm not actually damaging my body. The pain may be relatively strong, but I think it's safe just to stay to the end. And that's why it's nice not to have the clock showing. So set a reasonable amount of time. Like you can see here too, how long can I sit? Oh, I sat for 20 minutes at Common Ground, or I sat for 30 minutes. Usually we sit for 30 minutes, and then you can get a set. So I bet I could do that at home. Now, it may be really unpleasant in moments at least, but that doesn't mean you're harming your knee or harming your back. But of course... Some people do injure their bodies because they're not they don't know the difference between not liking the sensations in their body and actually damaging their knee or damaging some other part of the body. I mean it's not that common, don't worry about it, but just be attentive. And of course, if you need to make an adjustment, make an adjustment. If you can't work with the unpleasant sensations that are arising in your body, then in a quiet way, especially if you're around other people, Make an adjustment. Stretch out your leg. Or as I mentioned last week, quietly go to a standing posture and continue your sitting meditation in a standing posture, which is really you're working with your mind much the same way. It's just that you know, you're giving your hips a break or your knee a break because you're standing with your knees bent a little bit. Good. So feel free after the class if you have specific questions according to your body around sitting posture. Don't be shy about bringing it up. And also during the Q&A time, if you think it's an issue that might relate to other people, it's also good to bring up any questions um, after our guided sit tonight. So feel free, if you need to stretch out your legs, do that now. And in just a minute or two, we're going to do our guided meditation for the evening. And we'll do have about a 30-minute sit. This talk, like all programs at Common Ground, is offered freely in the spirit of generosity. To learn more about Common Ground and its programs, or if you would like to donate, please visit our website, www.commongroundmeditation.org.